Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Welcome. It's so good to have you join us again. And if this is your first time joining us, uh, we just want to say a special welcome to you. And we trust that this will be the first of many more to come. Now, have you ever seen people do really incredible things? And as you see them do these incredible things, somewhere in the back of your mind, you, you think to yourself, you know, if I'm honest, that just couldn't be me. That, that just couldn't be me. I'm, I'm just not that good. I'm just not that talented. I'm just not that gifted. I'm, if I'm honest, I'm, I'm just too ordinary. I'm, I'm just not good enough. Maybe today you're a Jesus follower and you see how, how people seem to be used by God on a daily basis and in incredible ways. And, and in your mind, you, you think to yourself, man, I'd love to be used in that way or in a similar way, but I'm just not there, you know. Again, I just don't have the right giftings or the right qualities or the right whatever. Or maybe you just feel like I'm just not in a good space. You know, if I was in a better place, maybe God would use me in ways X, Y, or Z. The crazy part is that as I look through Scripture, I see God use people in very incredible ways in like in like real incredible ways but he uses people with a very specific set of qualities qualities that you might not have put at the top of your list when you thought of God using people these qualities are qualities like weak qualities like the lowest in society qualities like despised by the people around them. Qualities like the most unlikely person in the room. And it's like he does this with such intentionality. The apostle Paul even latches onto this as he writes to the church in Corinth. As he says this, here's what he says. He says, God chose things the world considered foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important and as a result no one can ever boast in the presence of God that's quite a mouthful that Paul lands there for us but I absolutely love it because I really see God doing that daily I see him doing it all the time and maybe you aren't sure about that yet maybe you aren't sure that 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 these are really the sorts of qualities that God looks for when he uses people well for a moment just look at the 
odd list of qualifications that God gave for incredibly important positions throughout history. Uh, I consider the father and the mother of faith, the, the parents of the nation of Israel. <laughs> uh, what was the criteria that he, that he needed there? Well, he needed a married couple. They must be infertile. <laughs> And they must be elderly. Uh, I consider Israel, Israel's greatest king, King David. But what was the criteria there? Well, he must be a, a teenage shepherd when he's identified to be king. Uh, he, he must be a musician and a poet. Uh, he must live as a fugitive under constant threat of assassination for long periods of time. I consider the criteria for the Messiah, for Jesus. He must have a background in carpentry. Uh, he must be raised in an insignificant, despised town. And he must have no formal theological training. I think of the first leaders of the church in the first century, these men known as apostles. I think of, of Peter, who was like one of the lead apostles. What was the criteria for him? Well, he must have a background in the fishing industry. <laughs> he must have no formal theological training once again. And that's who God chooses to use. I once read a statement, the statement read like this, it said, if we don't feel a keen sense of inadequacy for whatever assignment God gives us, we're not in touch with reality. If you feel like you are the perfect person for that job, then that job is probably too small for you. If, if, if the assignment that, that has popped up and you feel like, oh, I've got all the qualifications for that, I'm the perfect person to go and do that, then probably you aren't. Probably there is a greater assignment. Probably there's, there's probably something bigger awaiting you. I love what the author Mark Batterson said when he, when he, he wrote this. He said, quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Set God-sized goals. Pursue God-ordained passions. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. I wonder today, is the dream that you're working toward very attainable? Or is it time for you to shift your focus to something a bit bigger? And in having said that, maybe the inadequacies that you are feeling right now is exactly the, the starting point that God can use to use you for bigger and greater things. It's times like this that I can't help but think of the, of the life of Moses. Moses was another one of those really odd picks of God. What was on God's list of qualifications for, for 
Israel's Exodus leader, like one of the most um, uh, incredible prophets of the of the Old Testament, and also the guy who ends up leading God's people to freedom. Well, he must be a Jewish member of Egyptian royalty. Wrap your head around that one for a minute. He, he must commit murder. He must live in obscurity as a fugitive shepherd for 40 years. Oh, and by the way, he must be terrible at public speaking. There we go. That's the guy. Let's find him. And, and Moses' life really resembled every single one of these criteria that we that we just just mentioned the truth be told Moses was was born to Hebrew parents and through a, a series of events adopted by Pharaoh's daughter he was uh, raised by his Hebrew mother as his day mother but as an Egyptian prince uh, and at the age of 40 he commits murder he flees Egypt he goes and lives in the desert where he ends up shepherding his father-in-law's sheep for 40 years. And it's there that God meets with him at a burning bush and gives him the assignment of a lifetime. The assignment to lead God's people out of captivity and into freedom. And I believe that there are such beautiful lessons that we can learn from the life of Moses. The first lesson that I'd like to draw out of the life of Moses today is that if you're in a place where you're feeling insignificant, where you're feeling like, like, like you, you don't have what it takes, like you'd love to, to influence, you'd love to, 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 um, influence change in the lives of, of people around you, or you'd love to be able to speak into people's lives, or whatever it may be, and you just feel like you just don't have the right giftings, you don't have the right talents, you don't have what it takes, then the first lesson that we can pull and draw out of the life of Moses, because that's exactly how he felt, is this. Start where you are. Start where you are. So often we feel like, oh, I'm not in a good place. I need to be in a better place. I need to, you know, I, 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 things just aren't going the way that they should right now. And maybe when that turns, then, then I'll be able to start. No, no, no. Start where you are. Consider the life of Moses. When God approached Moses, when God engaged with Moses, Moses was in hiding. Moses was in hiding for a murder he'd committed 40 years earlier, and he was running away from the law. Not just did he, did he make the biggest mistake of his life, but he had 40 years to think about it and to really like let it set in. Imagine the place he was in the day that God met with him. It probably, those 40 years probably messed him up even more as he just thought and contemplated over this horrendous mistake that he made, now sitting in a desert which represented everything that his life had become barren and empty and seemingly insignificant. 
And we often feel like the timing is wrong or like we just need to be in a better place in order to be used by God. No, no, guys and ladies, just start where you are. See, God took Moses' messed up space and turned it into a holy place. God took Moses' messed up moments and turned it into a holy moment. If I look at, at how God comes and engages with Moses, the area, the place that God came and spoke to Moses, it wasn't a new place for Moses. He herded his sheep there all the time. And, and it was that place, as I said, that barren, empty space that, that represented everything that he felt about his life in the moment, an insignificant, wasted life, a messed up space. God goes and meets him in that place. And he says this to Moses. He says, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals, for you're standing on holy ground. You're standing on holy ground. What you feel is messed up ground. I'm telling you, it's holy ground. I want you to start where you are. This is the perfect place to start from. Because again, it's a place that God can use. Second thing that we, the, the second lesson that we can draw out of the life of Moses is to use what you have. Use what you have. Far too often we feel like we're ill-equipped, that we don't have what it takes. We, we're not gifted enough. We're not talented enough. We, we, we don't have the right qualities or attributes in order to be used by God. Moses was no different. When God used Moses, Moses had every excuse of why he was the wrong guy for the job. There's two chapters of that for you to go and read um, in, in Exodus 3 and 4, where, where he pretty much just goes, I'm the wrong guy. I'm the wrong guy. And as he's making all these excuses of why he's inadequate, God just asks him one question. God just asked him one question. He asked him, what's in your hand? He says, what is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? And as we look at Moses' response, I think it gives us an indication of what God can use in our lives. Because Moses responds and he says, it's a shepherd's staff. It's a shepherd's staff. What was a shepherd's staff to, to Moses? It was the tool that he used every day. Every day. It seemed insignificant. It seemed ordinary. You see, the truth be told, a shepherd's staff was commonly like a three to, to six foot wooden pole with a, with a hook at the end. And the shepherds used it for walking and for guiding their sheep and killing snakes and all kind of other shepherdly duties. But at the end of the day, it was still just a stick. But God used this simple shepherd's staff 
that Moses carried as a tool day in and day out to teach Moses such an important lesson. And that lesson is that God takes joy in using the ordinary things of our lives for extraordinary purposes. Can I repeat that for you? God takes joy in using ordinary things for extraordinary purposes. If we just stop and consider what not a staff is used for, but what God ended up using Moses' shepherd's staff for, the first thing that he, that he used it for was to produce water from a rock. Produce water from a rock. There's this moment where the Israelites are so thirsty, they've been walking around, they haven't, in the desert, they haven't, they haven't had any water, and they are in desperate need of water. Moses speaks to God. God says to Moses, take your staff, strike the rock, and water will come from it. Moses walks up to the rock, strikes the rock, water comes out of it, and the people are able to drink, and they are sustained. The other thing that the this, that this staff was used for was to turn into a snake and then back into a shepherd's rock, a shepherd's rod again. There's this moment where, where Moses stands before Pharaoh, where he's needing to ask Pharaoh to let God's people come with him and, and to let them leave Israel, leave Egypt and head into the promised land. And when Pharaoh asks for a sign that God is saying this, Moses takes his shepherd rod, throws it down, it turns into a snake, and when he picks it up at its tail, it turns back into a shepherd's rod. It was, this rod was used to affirm God's presence in his people's lives, to affirm who he is to his people. The third thing that the shepherd's rod was used for was that it was used at the parting of the Red Sea. In that moment where, where the, the Israelites were, were faced with water in front of them and an, a, a vengeful, angry Egyptian army behind them out to kill them. God says to Moses, take your staff, raise it up over the water. And the Red Sea parts and the Israelites can can, can cross on, on dry ground. What did that staff do? It brought freedom to God's people. So this simple stick gets used for three incredible purposes. It gets used to sustain God's people. It gets used to affirm who He is in their lives. And it gets used to bring freedom to His people. I want to say this to you, whatever you have in your life, whatever you have that is feeling ordinary today, that is feeling insignificant today, that tool that you have in your life, God can use that and wants to use that in your life to sustain His people, to affirm who He is to His people, and to bring freedom to his people. I wonder today, guys and ladies, what are the ordinary things in your life? What are the ordinary things in your life? Maybe your voice, maybe it's your pen or, or your hammer or, or wrench 
or maybe it's your broom. Uh, maybe it's, it's uh, the way that you think. Maybe it's a musical instrument. Maybe it's your heart for people. Maybe it's your compassion. Maybe it's something that I haven't mentioned, but it's just popped into your head. While it's so easy to assume that God can only use special skills, <laughs> you and I should never get in the way of Him using the everyday contributions that we can make, because that's exactly what He will use for His purposes. You see, little did Moses imagine the power that his simple staff would wield when it became the staff of God. And that really leads us into the next lesson that we can learn out of the life of Moses. And that is to just give it to God every day. Give it to God every day. You see, that shepherd's staff was just a stick until Moses surrendered it into the hands of God. And it was when he surrendered it into the hands of God that that rod <laughs> became something that brought sustenance, that brought assurity, and that brought freedom in the lives of his people. But Moses had to surrender it. You see, standing in front of God at that burning bush, Moses had one of two options. Sorry, I'm not your guy. Pick up my, my, my shepherd's rod, head back to my sheep and carry on with life the way that it is. Or, no matter how big the assignment or the task appeared, he could really just surrender before God. Give his life to God. Give it to God on that day. And he'd have to give it to God on the next day. And he'd have to give it to God on the following day and every day after that. And as he did, God would not just use the tool in his hand, but he will use his life in the most extraordinary ways possible. So often we feel like if I can't do it with these hands, it's destined to fail. But you see, when it comes to God's plans, when it comes to God's purposes, when it comes to the things that he wants to use you for, there's a portion of scripture that I feel sums it up best. And that is that it's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says God. That is by, by God's Holy Spirit and not by the power of your hand. That he can come and do incredible things. What he does do is he encourages us to come and partner with him. To come and join in with him in those moments and that's in those moments when we allow his holy spirit to drive those moments that the ordinary is used for the extraordinary i wonder today guys and ladies where are you at what is your next step at the start i mentioned a quote by the author mark Batterson. And I just mentioned the first part. Here's a fuller description of the quote that he made. He said, quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Set God-sized goals. 
pursue God-ordained passions. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Keep asking questions. Keep making mistakes. Keep seeking God. Today, maybe it's time to lay down all those feelings of inadequacy. All those feelings of I'm not good enough. All those feelings of I'm not in a good place. Man, the place where you are is the perfect place to start from. Because God takes our messed up place and turns it into a holy place. Start where you are. Use what you have. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? What was that thing that popped into your head? What's in your hand? Okay. Now give it to God every day and give him your life every day and then watch him take joy in using the ordinary things in your life for his extraordinary purpose. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for not what you can do through our lives, Lord, but for what you want to do through our lives. Lord, I thank you that there is nothing that you cannot do without us. But Lord, I thank you that you do not want to do it without us. But that you so desire for us to be tight knit with you, for us to have relationship with you to the point where you can use us for your extraordinary purposes, Lord. And Lord, for guys and ladies right now who are feeling like I'm, I'm less than, I'm not enough. I'm, I'm incompetent. I'm insignificant. I'm too ordinary. Lord, I thank you that when you look at each and every one of us, you see the giftings and the purposes that you've placed in each and every one of our lives. And Father God, I thank you that today we will come and surrender these lives to you. Lord, and that we will just bask in the splendor as you enjoy using the ordinary things of our lives for your extraordinary purposes. And if you are desperately wanting to be used by God today, then I want to encourage you right here in this moment to just say, Lord, will you use me? And then take a moment to surrender those feelings of inadequacy, your gifts, your talents, your downfalls, your life to Him. And say, Lord, use me. So Lord, we commit this moment to you. We commit your people to you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. If you need to reach out to us, you can reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, also at our website uh, at lifecentralmidrand.org.za uh, and please reach out to us. We'd love to connect with you. Uh, other than that, we look forward to seeing you again next week. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. 
Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.